0: This is AgriPulse Open Mic sponsored by NCIS National Crop Insurance. With increasing commodity prices, higher price volatility and rising input costs, America's farmers and ranchers are relying on crop insurance more now than ever before to provide individualized protection and to secure operating loans. Protecting 256 million acres of farmland and 350 commodities across the U.S., crop insurance is the primary safety net for many farmers, enabling them to supply our country with food and fiber year after year. Crop insurance, providing peace of mind now and for the next generation of agriculture. And now, AgriPulse Open Mic. Jerry Slominski, Senior Vice President for Legislative Affairs for the International Dairy Foods Association. Thank you for being with us as a guest on AgriPulse Open Mic. Thank you, Ken. Jerry, let me ask you about your organization, International Dairy Foods Association. Who do you represent?
1: Uh, We represent dairy food manufacturers, uh, specifically cheese, ice cream, and bottled milk manufacturers. We represent about 85% of those products that are manufactured in the United States.
0: Well, I have to ask you here in early January what you think of Congress's action. Would there have been a dairy cliff if they had done nothing going into the end of the session?
1: Well, uh, I think that the Secretary of Agriculture would have been placed in the unenviable position of having to implement the 1949 Act. And while uh, I know that that would be his responsibility, I don't think he would have gone out of his way to implement the act quickly. And I don't want to speak for him, Ken. Uh, but if you really did or if he really did implement that act and tried to raise the support level for milk up to $38 a hundredweight, it would have had a dramatic impact on consumers. But I think for the agriculture audience out there, it's really important to remember that it would have had a dramatic impact on milk demand for milk, would have hurt, Not only processors, but uh, milk producers everywhere all across the country. It would have not have been a good thing. And because of that, I just think the secretary would have uh, tried to slow walk it and and gone a little bit more deliberately and carefully uh, in implementing that act.
0: What is your link to the dairy farmers in this country? I'm sure you'd like for them to continue producing milk. Does your organization consider them and look out for their interest in some way?
1: Well, we, of course, need a a reliable, safe, and a a good quality supply of milk for my manufacturers. So, of course, we want to continue and and keep dairy production around the country. It's very important to remember that we want to grow our businesses, so we want to see dairy production grow in the country as well. So uh, we're very interested. We need a healthy, vibrant uh, dairy industry, not just at the processor level, but throughout for uh, farmers and processors as well.
0: Over the weekend, the chairs of the Senate and House Ag Committees both offered reforms to dairy policy that were advocated by the National Milk Producers Federation. How did the IDFA convince the Vice President, Mr. Biden, and uh, Senator McConnell not to include them in the final package?
1: Um, well, I think it would be a, a bit of a stretch to say that IDFA convinced uh Leader McConnell and the Vice President to remove those reforms from the package. I think the bigger picture on that is that uh, the Dairy Security Act that was attempted to be placed into the uh, fiscal cliff bill really is controversial. And because it's controversial, they didn't know where the votes would turn out on that. And and when you're trying to put together a big bill, it's really not helpful to put in something that's controversial like that. So I think the fact that you have the stabilization program, a milk supply management program, that's not likely to pass the House of Representatives, that they looked at that and said, we we need to debate and look at that another day. So I I think that's what really happened on on that effort to include the Dairy Security Act and the fiscal cliff bill.
0: Does this nine-month extension give the indication you can get something in place like the Goodlatte Scott approach?
1: Well, uh, that's really hard to say. It does uh, increase the odds that we will have the full House of Representatives vote on on that that approach. And frankly, we think that is the better approach, and I actually think that the votes are there in the House of Representatives for the Goodlatte-Scott approach. So uh, if we can increase the chances of getting a vote in the House, we increase the chances of that being the alternative to the Dairy Security Act, and I think we increase the chances of Goodlatte-Scott becoming... Uh, at least the House position. I'd also add that I think that you know, there really wasn't a lot of support for the Dairy Security Act. When it got right down to it, I think a lot of members were saying that's not really the way to go, and that's also why it wasn't included in the fiscal cliff bill.
0: What's your view on moving in another direction? Do you favor any type of marketing order reform in the dairy industry?
1: Um, we certainly do favor marketing order reform. The International Dairy Foods Association took a position over two years ago uh, to reduce the classes of milk down to two and to eventually phase out the classes of milk. So our, our position is to reform the federal milk marketing order system. Uh, there's not a lot about that in the current uh, any draft of the Farm Bill, but that is our position.
0: We are now into a new session of Congress and the potential to mark up a farm bill in the House in late February. Do you think the new Congress can write a farm bill? Do you think they will deal with ag issues in the coming session?
1: Uh, Yes, I think there will be. Uh, You know, the International Dairy Foods Association has never been opposed to the five-year farm bill. We've just simply been opposed to the supply management portion that we think makes it harder to pass a five-year farm bill through both the House and the Senate. So the, at least the House Agriculture Committee, it looks like they're going to move relatively quickly on a new farm bill. If we can develop dairy policy that we all agree on, and I'll point out that there are a good number of producers out there, uh, Dairy Business Association in Wisconsin, uh, California Dairies, Inc., the uh, largest co-op in California, it's opposed to supply management. A good number of other propo- producers are opposed to supply management. So it's not just processors that are opposed to this idea of stabilization, supply management, and quotas for dairy. It's a good number of dairy producers. So if we can eliminate that and come up with a margin protection plan, much, you know the, that part of the Dairy Security Act that everybody agrees on, If we can move forward with that and maybe provide some other risk management tools for dairy farmers, we've been supporters of the LGM dairy program, for example. Congress hasn't done much on that. So we would like to provide programs for dairy farmers that help them through economic bad times without disrupting the market and and increasing prices as a stabilization program does. And I think there's a lot of room for agreement there. I think there's room for compromise. And I think we can work together together to develop a plan, put it in a five-year farm bill, and kind of make dairy less controversial. This whole supply management thing has made dairy a very controversial topic, and there's really so much agreement between processors and producers on this that uh, I don't think it should be, and I think we can come to some agreement and help move the farm bill forward.
0: Dairy farmers appear to want some certainty and some security. So where do you think the farmers are coming from in whether or not they would favor a similar policy to yours to have um, supply and production and not have as much of a controlled program as we've had in the past?
1: Well, I think there are a good number of farmers that agree with the approach that I've outlined already, particularly dairy farmers. As I mentioned, uh, CDI in California is is in agreement with our position on this. So first of all, there are a good number of producers who agree with that. I would also point out that dairy is really asking to be treated somewhat differently in the farm bill by going to this supply management or quota system. Uh, All the other commodities, with the obvious exception of sugar, but all of your other major commodities, they're moving to revenue insurance, types of programs that don't distort markets, and they're doing this because they know the export markets are the future of agriculture in the United States. If you start implementing things that increase your price, then you're going to take yourself out of these export markets, and all the other commodities are getting that. But dairy seems to want to go back to this system of supply management, protecting our markets here, which will take us out of international markets, and that's been a huge area of growth for the dairy industry over the last five to ten years.
0: Jerry Slominski, how about in the domestic market? Are you concerned about a drop in dairy consumption by American consumers?
1: We are very concerned about that. You know, bottled milk or fluid milk consumption has been declining for several years now. Uh, We're under increased pressure in the marketplace with fruit juices, bottled water, uh, sport drinks. And these are taking away market share. And frankly, people are just drinking less milk out there. And I'd point out that this is one of the things that bothered me about all this talk about the 1949 Act coming into play. You know, we already have somewhat high prices for milk, and then we had a lot of people out there trying to scare consumers with, you know, doubling the milk price and how frightening this would be. And this is just the wrong way to go, increasing prices for consumers when we're losing market share really doesn't make much sense to me. And, you know, that's a major concern of of dairy processors across the country, that we need to be very careful about threatening consumers with doubling uh, dairy prices. And so, uh, at least on the part of IDFA, we worked very strong talking to the administration and others to kind of keep markets calm. So we really didn't have this threat of, of doubling dairy prices and people looking elsewhere to buy other types of products. It's a competitive marketplace out there, and we need to be careful.
0: Could you outline for me the challenges you think the dairy industry is going to uh, have to deal with to expand the international marketing in the years ahead?
1: I think the biggest challenges are coming up with the right dairy policy in the farm bill. We have a dairy policy with supply management that will not only make us less competitive, but it's going to make us less reliable suppliers. I mean, one of the things that's happening with this Dairy Security Act and the stabilization program is that it'll kick on and off. Um, They have a trigger in there, we'll start the program, then it'll turn off, then we'll start the program, it'll turn off, and this will take us in and out of uh, competitiveness on the international marketplace. And if you're a dairy supplier, a dairy exporter, uh, this is not something that's going to help you create the type of business relationships that you need internationally to expand your businesses. And I think anybody who's in the export market sees this and knows that. And this is a a very critical time for us going forward in the export markets. There's a lot of international competition, South America, uh, Europe can get back into it. And so we need to be careful and really take advantage of what is a really major opportunity to expand the dairy business in the United States.
0: Jerry Slominski from IDFA, thank you very much for being our guest on AgriPulse Open Mic. Thanks for having me, Ken. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Industry. I'm Ken Root.